These are true stories from the files of the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. What you're about to hear is not a news broadcast, nor is it affiliated or officially associated with the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. Join me. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. On Saturday, September 8, 1984, 17-year-old Kurt McFall left his home in Concord, California and headed to San Francisco, where he planned to spend the night and return home the next evening. However, he never returned home, and on Monday, September 10th, his bruised and battered body was found by bird watchers on an isolated beach at San Francisco Bay. His father, Tom, suspected foul play and believed a cult was involved in his death. Bert told this friend of his that he was involved in some kind of satanic cult and that he wanted out, but thought that they might try to kill him. And he really feared for his life. It was a murder. It needs to be investigated. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, Kurt could have handled himself on, in that cliff area because he was an experienced mountain climber and he was a, a diver. So uh, he would not have drowned in the water or fallen down the hill. However, authorities are uncertain if the death was an accident or a murder. Tom received an anonymous phone call the day after Kurt vanished. The caller claimed that Kurt tried to escape from a cult and feared for his life. After Tom received the phone call, he searched Kurt's room and found several suspicious items, including a knife made from a deer's hoof, a necklace of stone and feathers, drawings of witchcraft and violent fantasies. This led Tom to believe that his son was living a double life. Kurt had been interested in the game Dungeons and Dragons a year before his death, and he joined the Society for Creative Anachronism, or SCA, in which members participated in various events related to medieval times, basically what now is known as LARPing, live action role playing. They often dressed in costumes from the time period. Once a week they wore their costumes and practiced jousting and sword fighting. Hillary Powers, president of SCA, stated that Kurt enjoyed his time in the SCA and did not believe the organization had anything to do with his death. Kurt was here about twice a week through February and into March of 84. Learned how to fight. He was good, quick, talented. Really going to be very good at the game. We were real pleased with him. And his death certainly had nothing to do with any part of his participation in the SCA that I knew anything about. As Kurt became increasingly interested in medieval rituals, he joined a second group that introduced to him the pagan religion. One of Kurt's friends feared this group and was concerned for Kurt and his own safety. Months prior to his death, the friend noticed Kurt's attitude towards others changed drastically. He believed Kurt adopted paganism as his religion and was deeply involved in cult-like groups. Gabriel Carrero was the leader of the second group that Kurt had become involved with. In the group, Carrero used the ancient Welsh name, Karadik. Karadik claimed that Kurt enjoyed being in the group and thrived in it. However, Kurt's friend believed he was becoming addicted to the group. Karadik stated he had no control over the group members and they were free to leave whenever they wanted. On September 8th, Kurt went to San Francisco to stay with Karadik at his apartment. 
That evening, the two had dinner and went to a movie. At around midnight, Kurt went swimming at Ocean Beach, a few blocks from Karadik's apartment. Then they went back to the apartment. According to Karadik, Kurt was restless and unable to sleep. And at around 3 a.m., he left the apartment, claiming he was hot and was going back to the beach. The next evening, Kurt's car was found at a nearby golf course in a state of disarray. Kurt's license was found on the floor. His keys were on the seat and a single $20 bill was in the glove department. His LARPing suit was missing from the trunk. Random beer bottles were found in the car, but Tom stated his son did not drink. Furthermore, the autopsy stated there were no signs of drugs or alcohol in his system. Tom believed the scene was staged. The car has to be a phony scene. To me, that was set up because Kurt did not drink beer. That's also inconsistent with the autopsy report that shows that there was no signs of alcohol or drugs on the body when it was recovered. At 10.15 a.m. the next day, Kurt's body was recovered at the cliffs below where his car was found. Again, the beach was two miles from Karadik's apartment. There was no serious external trauma, although he had no shoes, socks, or shirt on. His back and shoulders had cuts and abrasions. Strangely, his belt buckle was missing. The Coast Guard believed he may have fallen from the cliffs to his death. The coroner ruled that he had died from multiple traumatic injuries and severe blood loss, but it was not known how these injuries occurred. It was assumed that Kurt had fallen from a cliff, but it is not known if the fall was accidental or the result of someone pushing him over the cliff on purpose. My best guess is simply that he took one too many chances. He might have gone swimming in the ocean and been pulled out by the undertow. He might have gone climbing on the cliffs at Land's End and slipped and fallen, or any one of a number of other things. Tom met with the coroner who said that he believed the death was a homicide, but did not have enough evidence to say so in court. The San Francisco Police Department disagreed with the coroner since they had no evidence that suggested Kurt's death was a homicide. Two months after Kurt's death, a woman contacted police claiming that she feared for her life. The woman claimed to have been involved in a coven and named two people who were threatening her. These same two people were allegedly named by Kurt in a letter one month before his death. He allegedly stated in a letter that the two were evil beyond belief. However, it is not known if the two individuals have been connected to Kurt's death. Keredick was the last person to see Kurt alive. Tom and others suspect Keredick and the cult were involved in Kurt's death. Keredick denies being involved and believes Tom just needs someone to blame for his son's death. If I wanted to murder somebody, the last person I would murder was somebody, it would be somebody who was staying at my house and whose father knew that he was staying at my house. I mean, the whole thing is stupid. Um, I understand that Kurt's father went through a great deal of pain about his death and needed to find somebody to blame. And I understand that I was a very convenient person for him to blame. But I had absolutely no responsibility for Kurt's death. Keredick passed away in 2007. Kurt's family and friends believe that Kurt stumbled on something in one of the organizations he was involved with and that he was murdered as a result. This case first aired on February 5th, 1988 on Unsolved Mysteries and is still open. As of this recording, the case remains unsolved. Some of these stories remain unsolved. Perhaps someone out there listening holds the vital answer to solving the mystery. Perhaps it's you.